Uh, welcome to the Ball Rock Pill Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Karan Godwin, founder of BallHogGloves.com. I'm with my co-host, Stephen Bardo, Fox Sports analyst. How you doing today, Stephen? Doing well, Karan. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I can't complain at all. Uh, today is uh, draft night, you know, NBA draft night. Uh, it's, a, it's a night where a lot of lives change. And I was talking to someone earlier, and um, they were actually extended family, so to speak, of a player that's um, probably going to get drafted tonight pretty high. Mm. And it just dawned upon me that, you know, a lot of times people criticize people for leaving early, of course, and saying they need to get their education. But this decision is so far-reaching. I mean, you're talking about families being impacted. You're talking about your niece that may be in a bad situation that may live, you know, below the poverty line now going to private school. You know, you're talking about your nephew um, being in a safer environment now because they can actually go to a real basketball camp, you know, where people are being taken care of. I mean, there's so many, there's such a, a wide range and impact. Um, and I was talking to this, this gentleman and it was also, it was almost like it would be selfish for the kid to go back to school, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, just because of, of the impact he has. What, what is your take on, on this decision uh, to actually declare for the draft if you're ready and, and you're a bona fide, you know, top 15 pick? Well, I'll give you the example of Michael Porter Jr., uh, who's coming out of Missouri after 53 minutes played at Missouri. He increased uh, the – he was a big part of the reason why Missouri sold out of season tickets this year. Yeah. So he played 53 minutes. They had an increase in revenue of over $2 million. And so when I look at that and I look at, uh, you know, what we're trying to do here, Karan, is trying to educate players and their parents and people who care about these players to be more informed. So you think about this, there was a $2 million plus dollar increase on ticket sales alone because of Michael Porter Jr. coming to Missouri. Had he been able to negotiate, let's say, 10 to 15% of that increase, um, he's looking at two, $300,000. And that's just a, a percentage increase on his arrival on campus. So if he's not going to receive any of that, he's not going to receive any of the concessions, any of the apparel that might even equal the, the ticket revenue increase, I'm not talking about the total ticket revenue. I'm talking about this is an increase from last year to this year. If these guys aren't benefiting any in this scenario and they're ready to go to the NBA, I think it is selfish for them to try to go back to school and not maximize on their talent because these guys have a small window with their athletic ability and they're also risking injury when they go back to school. I think it's important you said that because – uh, the moment that you actually get a scholarship, obviously it can be worth anywhere from, you know, $100,000, $200,000. We're talking really about a business transaction uh, right. because at an early age, uh, you're going to earn that scholarship, all right? This scholarship is just not going to be given to you. This is an athletic scholarship, and you got to get up in the early. You got to get up in the morning early. You got to hit the weight room. You have to, there's an obligation on, on your part. And being that that's the first business decision, um, the decision to go to the NBA is another business decision. And I always tell people, you know, people will say, well, is the kid ready? 
uh, you know, maybe you can come back and do another year and even get even better. And my whole thing is the marketplace is the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So this year, you know, if he's a six, three point guard, he may be in demand, you know, for whatever reason, there may be some contractual things going on in the NBA where a lot of teams need a point guard right now. Mm-hmm. That might not be the case next year. That's true. And, uh, and we've seen the game change dramatically in the last couple of years where you have some bigs that are now dinosaurs, mm-hmm. you know? You know, guys like, I, I believe, Moscow, Timothy Moscow, I believe he signed, like, a, a crazy deal. That was right before, you know, he was actually turned to a dinosaur, you know, guys that can't really move their feet, guys that, that don't stretch the floor. So the marketplace is the marketplace. And, you know, if it was my son or, or myself coming up, um, if I'm a guaranteed top 15 pick, it's something that, you know, when else are you going to have the opportunity for somebody to put millions of dollars in your pocket without you even earning it yet? You know, just think about that. You know, when the first pick uh, of the draft is going to make, whew, what, over 30-something million dollar contract. I think $33 million last year. Uh, okay. These contracts are going up. On the rookie uh, deal? Yeah, and the rookie deal. I believe the first two years are guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know, you sign a four-year deal, so to speak, and obviously you can get an extension and all that. But the first two are guaranteed, and it's pretty good guaranteed money for a commodity that isn't proven yet, so to speak. You know, you haven't done anything. You get your sneaker deal, you get this. And um, what's your take on just, you know, the the mindset of a player transitioning now? Like, let's say you made the, that decision that I'm going to go to the NBA, all right? What's your mindset in this transition? Because now this is actually when all the business starts. You know, we're, we're, we're going to talk about the shoe deals. We're going to talk about the deal from Lids. We're going to talk about the, the, the baseball card or basketball card deal. Um, you've been through the process before. You know a lot of people that have gone to the, through the process. Uh, now that you're pretty re- refined, and let's say I was a prospect that declared today, what would you tell me what would be my first objective after I get my agent and my business manager? I would tell you to uh, put yourself in the position of being in the NBA as quickly as possible. What, I'm, what do I mean by that? Try to uh, arrange through your agent a workout situation where you can get with other guys who are either in your uh, time frame, who are trying to get to the, you know, who are declared and, or first round locks, try to either work out with them or work out with existing NBA players. Preferably try to get with some existing NBA players because if you're working out in the summer, let's say the draft is over and you you know where you're going to go. If you can get to that city as quickly as possible or you can arrange something with a couple of the veterans or a couple of the two to three year players to where you can work out with them, they can cut your learning curve in, uh, exponentially. And so when you're working out with them, they can show you different things that they're doing. They can talk about what the road is like, what hotels do you stay in? What does a typical day look like that there is a game, there isn't a game? What are some of the things that, like, say, Karan, if you were a five-year veteran and I was a guy that was just coming out, I would ask you, you know, what do you do with your downtime? There's a tremendous amount of downtime. Oh, yeah. You're right. You know, are you interested in anything off the court like, you know, business ventures, things like that? Be a sponge. Because the thing is, 
it's easy to get drafted and it's easy to get that first contract. It's hard to get that next deal. And that's, that should be the goal. If you are a first round lock, okay, now the work that you've put into this point has gotten you to this point, but that's it. That's over because now you're in the elite of the elite. And so you have to figure and be a sponge to everything that you possibly can in order to be successful because the game is far more than lacing it up and getting on the court. A lot of guys get caught up off the court. They may not know the, the culture of the fr franchise they're going into. There's some, there, you know, veterans can let you know, hey, this coach is a little bit crazy or this guy's cool or, you know, work with this person in the front office, don't work with this person. There's so many nuances and things to get used to that if I were to um, consult a young player right now, when you figure out the team that you got drafted to, I would start making calls immediately to start working out with some of those veterans and start to meet some of the front office people so that you get a head start. And I believe that's, that's great advice. And um, I asked myself the very same question I just asked you. And just being around NBA guys and being in the business for a while and going through the process, um, you know, as you know, the, it's really a game of debt, you know, because you figure – you know, you're not going to get your first NBA paycheck until October. Mm. So think about that. If you're a highly touted uh, first-round pick, top 15 pick, um, there's going to probably be a loan involved, you know, mm. especially if you want to get your car, especially if you want to, you know, move your family out of this situation. Um, you're talking about debt, you know, that's not going to be paid until, you know, a couple months later. Mm. And that's kind of the game of it if your parents don't come from wealth. You know, that car dealer, he's going to let you off the lot without anything. Just like yourself, I, I believe you were in the same situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, just imagine the amount of money that, that they would be willing to let you borrow knowing that you're guaranteed to make $10 million next year or anywhere from, you know, 2 to 10. So with that in mind, I, I, had, a, I had a question for you um, or, or maybe just, just a provocation. You're not allowed as a college player, right, to, you know, make money off your likeness, okay? Correct. And we all know that a person such as yourself, you're on campus, Illinois, Final Four, uh, if you're a highly touted first-round pick, I mean, those people love you. I mean, when I say love, they love you. Yes. So the minute that you declare, and obviously, you know, you're declared now, you're not under that umbrella anymore, um, do you feel like a player such as yourself or even just multiply yourself 10 times, you're Stephen Bardo, you're going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, what type of audience do you think that you could demand if you did your own uh, signing in a, in a local mall? Oh, my goodness. Um, get, get, give me a number. You're at Illinois. Wow. Uh, Champagne Mall, wherever the biggest mall is. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have Twitter now. You have social media now. You have means to get the word out. Yes, you, did. Uh, you announced that, that you're having a uh, post-draft signing uh, where you're going to actually have pictures and T-shirt, you know, memorabilia that you're going to be signing, um, which, you know, may end up being a lot of money one day. You know how it is on eBay, you know. You have, like, you know, Shaq's, you know, signing – day and you had a picture with him to prove that this memorabilia was signed by him, da, da, da. Uh, how many people do you think you can get to line up and come see you at the mall? 
you know, Karan, if you get if you get creative, like you said, with the use of social media, and you can get a plug, uh, like a, a place like Champagne is smaller and it's a little bit older community, so they're still a little bit more traditional in terms of their their media. But the newspaper, the radio, even the television stations in that market would love to promote something like that because they'll be on site. Yeah. All the media will be on site for that event. So, I mean, it wouldn't. I would think Kendall Gill and Nick Anderson were lottery picks. Those guys could have gotten two to three thousand people. So two to three thousand people. Let, let's say a picture with him that uh, can be printed out. You know, you hire a photographer. You know, it's not much. Photographers have printers. You take the picture, you print it out, you sign it. You know, fifty bucks. You know, not, not a lot of money. Uh, another package. Another package. One hundred fifty dollars. You get the, the t-shirt. You get you get a t-shirt. And you get the printed picture with it. So you're, you're, you're telling me $3,000. No, I mean, three, no, 3,000 people. Yes. You times that by the medium in between 50 and 150, $100. That's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And that's, that's, and that's see, that's your creative mind. That's $300,000. Huh? Is my math right? That's $300,000. Let me let me do it real quick. What do we say? Hundred dollar medium cost times three thousand. I think. Yeah. Yep. That's three hundred. But that's three hundred thousand dollars. But let's say there was a hundred people that showed up and did that. You're looking at a hundred thousand dollar payout. The day or well, a thousand people. It was a thousand people. Yeah, it was a thousand people, which is which was a, a drop in the bucket for yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. That's that's nothing. That's nothing. And so if say, let's say you have a. You want to be gracious to people and you want to have like a two to three hour window, please. A thousand in a market that is small, but heavy university, Illinois center, man, they, they would, they would really clean up. So that was a business opportunity. And that, and that right there would take care of that debt problem Mm. because you know, you need to escalate for the family. Right. And you need your own nice car so the so the so the veterans don't laugh at you because you already know. You you pull up in something regular, you're gonna be the joke of the locker room. You know, a lot of guys a lot of guys people understand that there's an air of pressure involved in this environment. So and not to mention that's at your school. What about when you go home? You know, wherever your home is. What what if you what if you're from Chicago? What if you're from like there are people that will support you? that been supporting you since high school. They just want to come out and shake your hand and take a picture. You know, they'll do that. That's true. You know? And, and like you said, in a market like Chicago, Kendall Ooh. and Nick could have done that two or three times. What The scenario we just laid out, they could have done that easily two yeah. or three times and been... Um, well, yeah, yeah. And you, and you said two or three. Like, you can literally go on tour for the state of Illinois. That's correct. Because we, we, did, we did do that after we finished playing, Karan, with those barnstorming tours. You know, I know they were very popular in the ACC. They were really popular in the Big Ten where, you know, we would just play games and they would pay us money, let alone, we. you know, this was before the draft. But even after the draft, like you said, you could set up uh, the five biggest markets in the state of Illinois to have a, a, a meet and greet, sign, memorabilia type thing. And really, you know, that I'm kind of mad right now because I didn't have that idea. When I was coming out, hey man, I tell you, man, you, you needed me on the team, man. I was too young at the time. But just uh, think about it. all these guys can do this. I mean, and some of them can do it nationally. You know, if you're like a top pick, like literally, 
if you're the number one pick, I mean, people will come out to see you just because you're number one, you know? That's right. That's you exactly. know, like a guy like Trey Young, he led the, the nation in, in points and assists. Yep. He can go anywhere. <laughs> he go to New York, he go to New Jersey. People will come out just to say, hey, man, you know, you inspire my little son here. I love to watch you play. You no know, good luck, you know, wherever you're going. Yeah, and you know what? He's one of the more polarizing players I've seen in the draft in years. So he would be a phenomenal uh, candidate for this type of business setup that you're talking about and could clean up. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. especially in Oklahoma. I mean, he may, he may get more than 3000 to be honest with you. Well, that's true. Yeah, like you, you talk about the small markets. The small markets actually, there's nothing else to do. Exactly. You know, if you're in Oklahoma, yep. I mean, what else do you have to do but to go see Trey Young? That's right. You know, whereas, you know, if you're in Chicago, you may have some, you know, you may forget about, oh, man, I remember, you know, but in the small markets, I mean, you may get 5,000 people. That's you true. know, I mean, you saw what LeVar Ball did with his pop up shots. You know, he's having pop up shots, throwing it out there on Twitter, and he's getting more than three, he's getting five, more than 5,000 people. He's getting a line, and he's doing seven hours. So wow. he's all day, you know, and his t shirt is $50. So he's, he's doing pretty well for himself. Um, just to transition, now that we're on this topic of, of the draft and, and the recent events, um, Jay Z, man. In the Puma deal, what what a splash! I mean, who who saw this coming? I mean, it's been twenty years in the making. I remember nineteen ninety eight. You know, I played in the late nineties. You know, with Vince Carter. I mean, the last time that they were in basketball, and um, you know, smart move by them. Obviously, they had a relationship with Rock Nation for a very long time. Um, Rihanna, uh, people of that stature, they have they have Meek Mill. Um, you know, they definitely were making inroads in, in culture. But now we're talking about basketball. They, they may have the top two picks. You know, they have Aiton mm -hmm. uh, and they have uh, Bagley. Bagley. And now they got Michael Porter Jr. And they got Zaire Smith, who's going to be next round's pick. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is your take on, on that? And did you see that coming? I didn't see it coming, Karan, but I absolutely love it. And here's why. I think Jay-Z is changing the game. The Rock Nation is really changing the game where shoes – are really marketing. I mean, the difference between a Nike and a Puma is very minimal, especially when you're talking about guys that, that are, are at this level, at the elite level. So Puma will go all out to make the technology maybe better for the guys that are wearing them than actual ones that are selling on the market. But yeah, yeah, they can customize them. They can customize them. And so the, the thing is, is that it's a great lesson in markets and that there are a lot of different players in the marketplace and alignment, teamwork, uh, partnerships with somebody that can see your vision. So Puma, I mean, who's made a bigger splash in basketball as they re-entered this arena than Puma has in the last 20 or 30 years? I don't think anybody has. Yeah, it's just, it's just Under Armour entering the market. But a re-enter, I haven't seen anything like this before. I haven't seen Converse come back. I haven't seen Reebok really come back. So, yeah, re-enter, this is the biggest I've, I've ever seen. And, and the thing of it is, it's, it's, um, it's kind of cool because Puma, you know, for sneakerheads, it's iconic. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever – this is funny. Whenever I go on the road, I look for the Clydes. If they got 14s, I don't care what color, I'm grabbing You're grabbing them. I got three pair myself. The low cut, suede, Clyde, uh, um, um, Clyde Frazier's. Come on, man. That's an iconic shoe. And so 
the fact that Puma is, has taken their iconic stature, re-entered into the basketball realm with Jay-Z, who has rock nation, who is changing the way that sports business is conducted. It is a power move. It's so refreshing. And it's so good to see different power players in the game now having influence and, and being disruptive and making people actually work for their money now. It's, it's, it's actually good to see. And, and Jay-Z, uh, like you said, he's, he's just a game changer. I remember when he uh, actually sold back his shares of the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. uh, because he realized that he couldn't actually become an agent um, if he was an owner. Mm-hmm. And at first, everyone was like, well, why would he do that? You know, it's cool to be an owner, this and that. But, uh, but I think that the, the philosophy of, you know, you would rather have uh, 1% of everyone else's work than 100% of your own. Uh, he is really displaying how this works on, on a grand scale. Obviously, Rock Nation, just as an umbrella company, being able to be a record label, but also more than that, being a management company mm-hmm. you know, where you can get a large percentage, you know, 10 to 20% of the work that you give your clients. And also, the relationships with corporate America that makes it so attractive to want to be with a company like Rock Nation because of the ancillary benefits of, you know, this commercial or this relationship that allows you to just, you know, bypass a, a lot of the, um, the roadblocks, so to speak. So I think it's a tremendous move on his part. Um, my question for you, if you were an athlete, you know, obviously what Puma is offering is more money because those guys are getting more money than, than they would have got, you know, probably at, at um, you know, other shoe, shoe companies. And they're, I guess they're offering uh marketing as well because they don't have any marquee guys i mean they're literally starting with you is this a move you would have made or or would you like a more established um brand in basketball no i i would have uh tried to align myself with rock nation as quickly as i possibly could um when you look at the landscape of a sports business right now and the the merging of the music and sports Rock Nation has done it as well as anybody. And so you gave me this example, Karana, a while back, maybe a couple months back when we were talking about this. If Gillette, a a shaving company, if they want to get to an athlete because Michael Porter Jr. is this guy that supposedly is a vegan, Uh, he was homeschooled, he's he's an extremely bright young man, He's, he's got a different way about him, he's got a different kind of makeup. If you want to make a splash and get into a younger market, um, Gillette's calling Rock Nation t- today. Uh, there's a hundred corporations trying to get into Rock Nation today to get access to these guys. And so when you see a Saquon Barkley, probably the top running back coming out this year, go with Rock Nation. When you see uh, Aaron Judge, I believe, from the New York Yankees, has signed with Rock Nation. When you see top-level athletes from different sports getting with Rock Nation and the, the splash that they're making in basketball, I would try to go with, with, with them because that's the way the business is going. Um, and, I, I, you know, to me, uh, if I would have had good, good counsel at that point and they were interested, I would definitely listen to a proposal from Rock Nation and go that route because, you know, as you mentioned, all the corporations are going to have to deal with them. It's going to be, he's, you know, Jay-Z is Gary V now of the basketball sports world. 
Yeah. He really is. And he got a fine wife, talented. Yeah. <laughs> you know, his businesses have done quite well. He's iconic in the music industry. He's getting ready to be iconic in the sports industry. And anything Rock Nation seems to touch right now is turned to gold. So I, I would definitely go with them and, and shun Nike and Reebok and Adidas because they're going to so, pitch. So you, you would sign with Puma? I would sign with Puma because here's the thing. It's new, it's fresh, and if you're in the first crop of players that are going to be with Puma, they are going to bust their tail to get you marketing opportunities and get you out there because they're riding the wave. They're on a tremendous wave right now. Believe me, in tonight's NBA draft, Puma will be mentioned at least five times. You're right. And they would they nobody would even thought about Puma had they not made these moves. But tonight, when everybody in the basketball world is going to be watching this NBA draft, Puma will be mentioned at least five times. They could not pay for that kind of advertising. Yeah. And I think that um it's important that that guys really think about these choices because you know, what you said really hit home with me because a lot of times, you know, if I grew up um, as a Nike guy or as Adidas guy, like that's the sneakers that I want. But you just said they can customize it to you. Whatever whatever company you choose, that the shoe that, that the average person wears is not going to have the same fit as your shoe. That's right. You know? So even though I may be a Adidas guy or Under Armour guy, Puma can customize my shoe to feel like that. I, I can give them a Nike shoe and say, look, this is my favorite shoe right here. I need mine to feel just like this. And know, you know how I have engineers that be able to make it happen. So so that that's great information. And um, I think that, you know, I love when people disrupt the market. You know, I, I think that it was a great um, um, just idea for Puma to actually have Jay-Z as the CEO because they get to utilize his brand. You know, oh, cool. yeah, and he could get to anybody. You know, you put him in a room with a kid. I mean, come on, he put him in a room with us. You know, before he even gives us an offer, we we halfway signed. You, you know, you know how they say when Michael Jordan was going to the hole, the referee had the whistle when it was halfway blown. Yeah, well, well, it's the same way with Jay Z. You know, we in the room with him. You just we just want to know what the numbers are. <laughs> That's right. That's real talk. What, Karan? So what? What do you think is going to be the, um, we're seeing the immediate impact. What do you think the future is going to look like for these other companies that are going to have to compete with Puma and Jay in this uh, collaboration? What, what do you think it's going to do to the marketplace and will it improve options for players moving forward? Well, I think that um, what this is illuminating is that business is now run by influencers. Mm. influencers are people that have you know that influence jay-z obviously he built a strong brand so anyone that can build a brand and get a message out to the people you know is an influencer now most of our influencers these days are online on instagram on facebook on Mm. twitter those are the people that move the market i mean you have people that become famous every day for just making people smile you know we, we i mean like you know, as funny as that is, you know, that gentleman has a platform. Mm-hmm. In order to get any message out, you have to have an influencer. So I think that more and more, you know, these large corporations, you know, the, the New Balances, the, the, the Converse. I mean, Converse, all they need is a redesign and, the fly, and to find an influencer. Yep. That's it. 
I agree. And once you get those two things, you know, now you can go out there and you can compete with the big guys mm -hmm. because that's what it's all about. It's about leveraging other people's brand, you know? So I, I think that, that this has a tremendous impact, you know, not only in the basketball world, but, but as you said, you know, Gillette, like anything. If, if you need to sell something, the first thing you need is attention. So people are going to go towards people, you know, with attention, you know? You know, i.e. Kanye West. Mm. He, he's he one. He is. That's, that's a great point. He's one of the best at it. He was at Nike. He switched over to Adidas. Did it matter? It didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was Kanye West. Mm. You know? That's he right. sold just as much as Nike. He's going to sell Adidas. It's because they're not coming for the sneaker. They're coming for the brand. Right. You know, he sold a $100 white tee. How do you sell a $100 white tee? You explain that to me. It's a white tee. There's no logo. How do you do that? Like you said, branding. It's branding. People want to be a part of it. They want to be. Yeah. They want to be a part of that. Yeah. So, um, uh, another great show, Stephen. Uh, anything else? Any other topics that uh, you want to broach before we leave? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little story, a little comedy at the end. It's uh, I always like to share this on draft day because in 1990, um, I was projected anywhere between the. Uh, 25th pick to like the 50th pick in the draft. So that's a wide range. And, mm -hmm. but you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a great day. It's a nervous day. And, um, was in St. Petersburg, Florida with, with my family, my sister, my brother-in-law, my brother, one of my best friends who's now deceased, God rest his soul and my parents. And so, um, the whole day, man, we're trying to figure out how to kill time. Cause I'm nervous, man, like crazy nervous. So my brother-in-law was like, well, man, let's, why don't I just make you a Long Island iced tea so you calm down and relax? Uh-oh. Five, five of those later, uh, the draft is starting, and I'm, I'm tore up. And I, I stay up long enough to see Kendall, my, my college teammate, Kendall Gill, go number five to the Charlotte Hornets, and then I pass out. <laughs> the next thing I know, my brother and my friend are waking me up trying to throw me in the shower to revive me because the Atlanta Hawks just drafted me the 41st pick of the second round, and they knew that the general manager was going to be calling. And so as I'm, you know, trying to dry off from the shower and get myself together, my mom says, baby, just say, mm-hmm, yes, and thank you. And all I remember when Ed Babcock, the then general manager of the Atlanta Hawks, called, I just was saying, mm-hmm, yes, and thank you. And so... <laughs> <laughs> for all the draft, you know, the draft uh, prospects, congratulations on making it to this point. If you get nervous, stay away from the alcohol. There you go. Words of wisdom. All right. Another great show, Stephen. Uh, don't forget, you guys, to subscribe on iTunes and uh, also the YouTube channel. As always, God first, work until. See you guys at the top. Peace. All right.